Hi, my name is Shoka. I am a monk at Sokokoji, where I'm committed to training my mind under the guidance of my teacher, Sokuzan. We rely on your support for our programming, including a scholarship fund to cover living and tuition costs for those who are practicing full-time at the monastery. Thank you for your generosity. Names, standards, and symbols. And I didn't want to make it too long, the title, but we get trapped by those. We get trapped by what we call things. We get trapped by what other people call things. The names are, are not, uh, they're not, once you name something, some, uh, give it a particular um, name, it, it, what you're referring to doesn't stand still. It changes, it grows, it expands. And, it, and people can use that against you to control you. You can use that against yourself to control yourself. And what do I say about it? What I say about everything. You don't have to change anything, but you need to be aware of it. And if you're really, really aware of it, vividly aware of it, without your judgments, your projections, your opinions, your prejudice pre laying over on top of it, like 15 layers of patina or covering or tarpaulin, then you'll see what it is. And then you will know, because of the awareness, you'll know whether that needs modification or not, rather than operating out of fear, you operate out of awareness or clarity around something. You see what it is fundamentally. And that fundamental seeing may go a lot deeper than just relative truth. Now, we could, we could, we could write a list. Everyone could come up with probably half a dozen or more symbols <clears throat> that show up in this way. Uh, just like the word uh, socialism. I mean, socialism just basically means, and I have a layman's understanding of that, it just means basically being social and helping each other, working together to help each other. Of course, uh, what Karl Marx and Friedrich Engels had to say about that was quite a bit modified by those who came along, like Stalin and others. Just like the symbol, a symbol of the Buddha, which is a swastika, that sometimes called by Christians the, the, the Twisted Cross. You could take symbols and just mangle them. Uh, just like uh, uh, the German dictator uh, used that to promote his own idea of what he was. Just like right now, as of the last three or four years, five years, eight years, uh, we be, uh, anytime you drive by a house where you see the American flag, it doesn't mean quite what it used to. I'm not saying it ever meant anything to you, but if you see it now, uh, that image has been changed. Make America great again kind of idea. Using the symbols that, uh, if I want to get into the story about it, that a lot of people died to protect. Of course, that can be romanticized too. Uh, thank you for your service, people sometimes say to me since I spent four years in the Marine Corps. I'm not really sure what they're thanking me for, because that was a lot of hard work. And I didn't particularly see it as service when I was in there. And also, my father was killed at age 26 in World War II in Andernach, Germany never came back. He did not want to go. He was not a hero. He was not a patriot. He tried to find, figure out how not to go. But there wasn't a, a structure then where he could, without being disrespected by his friends and 
family where he could just get out of it, be a conscientious objector or whatever it may be. He went and he told my mother, I won't be back. Somehow he knew that. <clears throat> so do we say to him, thank you for your service? Well, we can, he's not alive. But he did not want to go. He went, and he went anyway because he was compelled by the government. Words, too. Like there's some words you would think that you could say any word you wanted to. Well, you can't really do that. I mean, it's a word, it's a symbol, but there's some words that are so powerful because what they are pointing at, you can't say them. You can symbolize, you can, you can refer to them, but you can't say... Uh, the N-word, for instance. Unless, uh, unless some part of your culture is dealing with that in a different way, and I'm sure you all know what I mean. Listen to some rap music. Not all of it, but some of it. So I'm not here to accuse anybody of anything, or to say, oh, we shouldn't do this, or we should do that, or we should. The only thing I'm going to say you should do is train your mind. And the way I teach it may not be the way you need to do it, but you should do that because if your mind is not trained, then you will believe your thoughts, believe your ideas to the extent that you become prejudiced without even knowing it. If you're prejudiced, you won't know it. If you know you're prejudiced, that's awareness. And then you don't hook that up to your vocal cords or to your musculature and take it out on others. Like we've just seen recently on the news, if it's all over the news. Can't miss it. I think they're even interrupting commercials to talk about it. Words, symbols, they're used in different ways, but the underlying area, like for instance, the word that my teacher, Chogyam Trungpa, used that I do not use is warrior. Why would I use the word warrior? And the other thing I would say to him if he were here, which he is not, and he might have a a wonderful explanation for it, or he would say, mind your own business, is why he started to create an army. And quite a few other things I could mention that he is kind of known for, kind of gossipy, but it, there's probably some truth there. But I, I couldn't understand that. I asked about that in, back in the early 70s. Why, 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 from his uh, more elevated students, why the army, why the military, why would he do that? And they would say, well, it's not an army. It's not like you're, it's not like you, because they knew I was in the Marine Corps. I said, this, I'm not going to do this. I can't do this. Well, I did, because I knew that the only way I could really understand it was to participate in it in some way. That doesn't mean you have to become a murderer to know what that feels like. I'm not going that far. But I was in the Dorje Kassam for about 20 years. And what was it? <clears throat> It was, it was military. It's military, but they didn't carry guns yet. Now, would they have, have carried guns eventually, or would they just carry little cute sticks like this? Symbols, symbols. This is a symbol of what? This is a symbol of authority. Don't believe it. Know that it's a symbol, but don't. Jump on that with your ideas, your preconceptions, your judgments. Don't do anything. Let all the symbols breathe so you can see what they are. And you can see that when someone comes up and absconds with that, 
like make America great again. What a great symbol to if you want to control a lot of people, find the thing that they're confused about. I remember back in the 60s, and some of you elderly people out there, back in the 60s when it was, a, I think it was, a, I'm not sure if it was actually against the law to, to do anything with the flag. You couldn't, you couldn't make it into a shirt. You couldn't, uh, couldn't do anything. You couldn't, you know, to, to, I think it was with Abby Hoffman was one of the who draped his body with the American flag. So I was going another direction, using that symbol to work with people's, people's minds in a very specific specific way. I'm not going to go into the politics of it any more than I already have. Everything is the politics of experience. You can't open your mouth about participating in that. Right and wrong, up and not back and forth. Should and shouldn't. We need more of this. We need less of that. So as I've said many times, it's about the awareness of what is happening there. Not right and wrong. Right and wrong are just are used by people, which those people might be your parents, to control you rather than really respect your individuality and try to work with you in a fundamentally helpful way, which is to get you to help you to be more aware of what your world is, to actually help you meet this world as it is, whether you're eight years old or 10. Doesn't happen very often. Certainly didn't happen to me. The best thing my parents did for me is to leave me alone. I didn't want their company. Of course, I don't think I'm that unusual when it comes to children. What was the talk title again? Names, Standards, and Symbols. Oh. Well, we could go in any direction you want to go, but I'd like to go back into names a little bit. Like the idea of warrior. Well, that's used quite a bit. Uh, you have to fight like hell, or you have to... You don't have to do any of that. I'm not saying you don't have to stop something. It's not warfare. I'm not saying you don't have to promote something, but it's not warfare. It's warfare if the intention uh, to to get to a goal um, is not is done out of the thinking process, which has not been liberated from fear, because there's a self that is afraid. If there's a self that's afraid, the way that can be covered up is by aggression, pushing on something or passion, pulling on something, blaming somebody, blaming this, blaming that, anything but look at the fundamental issue, which is fear. Hi, Robert. Hello. Nice to see you behind the plants. <laughs> Coming back to awareness, awareness, awareness. Just the word warrior. Uh, I can see, if I were to talk to the Vidyadara, Trungpa Rinpoche, he may say, if he would even have a, have a conversation with me, he may say, say, well, that's in order to inspire people's uh, natural bravery to go into something no matter what. I kind of like that, no matter what. Maybe. But using warrior, which is what, that isn't something who, someone who's particularly being, um, a, a warrior, I don't think a warrior does too much negotiating. If I, the word war is in there. Anybody, anyone looked that up? See what that says? I do not want to see you reach for your cell phone. But we could, we could look and see what the definition of that is, or the definition of socialism. But where are we going to find a definition for any of that that doesn't have some kind of cultural bias in it? 
just like the word that I still don't understand what is being pointed at other than uh, I know more than you do about it, so therefore I'm going to use that word, and you can guess at what it is, and that's the word woke, W-O-K-E, that's used in politics, especially the, the fellow who is the king of Florida right now. If you see those symbols being moved around, quite often it is about someone wants to manipulate you. I'm not necessarily uh, um, blaming the Vidyatara of that, but... There's a little bit of manipulation going on in there when you're creating a whole structure to get people to work in a certain way in a certain kind of hierarchy. As I was told when I joined the Vajra Guard or Dorje Kasang for 20 years, and I wasn't doing that every day, but many time I was in a bigger city or there was a, a Dharma teacher there, then I would function as a servant which is what they did. Uh, our, uh, uh, the, this bow, when you, this is the gasho or anjali in Sanskrit, I think it is, and then hands out like this, and then you bow from the, from the waist like that. That's called, a, in Shambhala, that's called a warrior's bow. And I, I've renamed that, uh, which I probably am going to rename it again because I'm thinking of changing it. I like to name things. And I also like to change the name if, if I see that that name doesn't work. I think I've even changed people's Dharma names a little bit. Not radically. That's another word. Look up the, the meaning of radical. It's used all over. Those are a bunch of radicals. They don't even know what they're saying. We're throwing a word around that basically means go to the root. It doesn't mean anything. Radix means root. So a radical is someone who goes to the root. I sometimes refer to this kind of meditation, shikantaza, as radical because you're going to... And it's not even the root, but you're going as close as you can to just what this is, as it is. Sit down, hold whatever this is still, and look at it. For the sitting part, uh, sitting down part is the discipline. Sit down, get to the cushion, get to the wall. Look at your watch, preferably analog. Sit down, hold still, look at it, and don't add, subtract, or divide. Don't do anything with what arises, but... Just see what it is without any laminations, any any coating, even if it's a clear coating. Nothing. See what it is yourself. This is radical. Interesting word that is, I think, is misunderstood. But you could look at look it up, and you could get, send me a text and say, "Ah, eh, you know, you were a little bit off on that." So goes on. What would I do? I would say, "You're right. I was wrong. I misunderstood." I did the very thing I was talking about. And that's possible. But the intention was to help you see, go to the basis of it. I sometimes refer to it as minimalism. It's minimal. Don't interfere. Don't try to create something because the ego will snatch that up and make use of that. And you'll become a very good meditator. And you can prove it because you no longer have negative thoughts. You're feeling good all the time. And part you haven't said is, this won't last. Nothing lasts. Anything you create coming apart might last five years. And then when it comes apart, instead of saying, well, maybe that structure I was using there was too something or other. Uh, but instead you'll say, well, it must be I'm not getting enough, uh, I'm eating the wrong food, or I'm, I'm not walking enough, or this, this, and this, and this. We all do it. Everybody in here is involved in that kind of thing with diet or exercise. or It's crazy. It's also probably a pretty good thing to look at.
minimal. But look at things minimally so you can get as close to what it is through the filter of, excuse me, concepts, judgments, prejudice, shielding oneself from the truth, because it's scary. It's scary. It gets more and more frightening to go towards the truth. And what is the truth? You don't basically exist. I don't believe anything I'm saying. I'm not trying to convince you of that. I'm just saying that's what I'm looking at. And you may say to yourself, and you should listen to what you're saying to yourself if you're saying this, well, I don't want that. Then do something else with your life. Don't waste your time, because that's what it'll look like if you don't get what you want. All I'm saying is I want less students. The only people smiling are the monks. <laughs> well, there's a few other people who smile. And of course I want you, the, 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 the very vow that I received a few years ago is to be with all things, save all beings, put, other, put others before myself, and that's what I am endeavoring to do as much as I can. If you're interested in that, I can help you do that. Probably by pointing out how you're not doing it. But I won't, if you're really practicing, I won't need to do that. You'll, you will be looking at the nature of your mind yourself, and you'll see the way you are buying into this and selling that. You have a merchandising mentality going on. <clears throat> can be embarrassing. I'm still w working my old liberty. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't you had that baby yet? No. Oh. <laughs> Week away? You happy? Yes. Oh, good. <laughs> it's hard to choke that out. <laughs> Uh, it'll be good. It's been happening for how many years now? <laughs> Long time. It's been had people have been. You've probably had hundreds of babies. Not in this lifetime, of course, but no. more than likely. I have two. Jeez, I'm buying. What is the basic practice or teaching to look at with names, standards, and symbols? Just look at the symbol and, and move your awareness. If you've been training your awareness, you won't have too much trouble doing that. You might not even have to work at it. it might, as soon as you look at a symbol, you'll see all the different meanings that are implied by different people and different cultures. You'll just see it, and you'll, and you'll, you'll have an understanding of it. You, may, might not be able to, you might not be able to write a book about it, but you'll have some clarity around it. More about that. Jeez, I'm buying specifically with Buddhist teachings as names and symbols and standards, um, how do we relate to what can appear to be very definite um, direction that comes through the teachings, whether you or the text that we study? Um, so, it's, that's, that is, if there's a lot of sitting meditation, there's less chance of one biting into something and thinking that that's right and what everybody else thinks is wrong. You, you will rarely hear me use the term Samadhi. But I do use not separate. Pretty hard to take that word and put it on a banner. But samadhi is I think you've attained Anudra Samyak Sambodhi or you've attained Vajra like Samadhi. And those are there as teaching devices. But we have to be careful not to go in and see if we can find out what that means and then have that as a credential. You might not yell it out, but you whisper it to yourself. More? 
You think you've attained anything? Good. Okay, I'll, I'll let you go this time. <laughs> I know it's hard, uh, but it's not hard at all. Here. When you're bowing, how can we uh, watch how a symbol goes into a standard and not necessarily buy into it? Um, I think it's just awareness. It's so situational. It's so different to set up any kind of way of doing it, like how to do this, and for me to say that, the best thing that you can do is watch how your own mind buys into ideas and things and positions on everything. Just observe how it does that rather than necessarily believe that. It's like uh, I'm always using this uh, um, example because I, I think it's, uh, it's helpful. If you're watching a, a scary movie, it's, re it's unreal. You know it's a movie. And, and it's but something about it is, you know, maybe you maybe you've stumbled onto that not realizing this is a zombie movie, and you think it's a love story. So you're going along, and suddenly the one of the lovers turns into a zombie. Yeah, you wouldn't watch that, would you? Why wouldn't you? It's just a movie. It's scary. Scary. Why is it scary? It's not real. It looks real. Thank you. It looks real. The perceptions of things, that's what that's what sometimes called entertainment. To show you something that's scary, you know it's not real, so you'll watch it. But if you if you if you see something that is scary that you're not sure what it is, you might get up off the cushion and never meditate again. That's happened. Not much, but it has. So how will we know? The only way you can really know is to, to see it yourself. Relative knowledge gets us so far, but the, but the final or the complete understanding has to come out of the awareness, not the thinking process. You don't have to stop your thoughts. Just don't believe them or disbelieve them or ignore them. If you're not doing that, your thoughts can come and go. It's like I sometimes say, uh, you don't have to be somebody else. You don't have to train your mind to be mindful. That's ridiculous. But I thought that was the case for over 30 years. I had to somehow be a different person. I had to sometime, somehow be a mindful, aware person. I needed that credential or I couldn't really function very well without getting frightened of making a mistake or looking bad to others. What will others think? What if I just have a fit in front of everybody? So I got in this path because I couldn't stop having fits. Extremely explosive anger. You wouldn't want to be around me when that happened. Luckily, I read it. I, I encountered a true teacher, one who teaches out of what, what this looks like or what this smells like, tastes like, thinks like, what this is fundamentally. If the teaching person that you have is not seeing out of that, then there's manipulation going on. They're going to try to get you to function a certain way. They're going to think that, well, the only way you can do this is through the Vajrayana. The only way you can do this is if you, if you, if you do it this way or do this thing or say this mantra or whatever. And you may need to say a chant, a mantra, or a, you may need to do that. But if you do and you're talking to a true teacher, then he, she, or they will help you there. Ivan. Ivan Mowing. How can we recognize that something is a symbol? Is what? Is a symbol. 
So what is a symbol to you? You ask the question, you use the word. Um, a reference, one thing referring to something else. Okay. Like are the flowers and the, uh, next to the Buddha a symbol? What do you think? I would say probably because they're on an altar. Um, but if those flowers were in the corner, would they still be a symbol? No, they'd be a plant. Somebody planted them there. <laughs> um, this uh, We use Ikebana because my teacher, Trump Prabhupada did, and also Kobanchino, Roshi. Uh, this comes out of the Japanese tradition. And it's about about putting things together in a certain orderly, orderly way that has a patterning called heaven, earth, and man. So there's three parts to it, but it can go lots of different directions. So this is a, a practice. It's not only a practice to do this, which I think this is a, is this yours, Gyokido? Yeah. So Gyokido does most, if not all, of the arrangements. Maybe a few other people are doing them. Uh, but then it's also a, a practice to look at it and see how, see the balance there or the lack of balance or, and maybe see, uh, if you, if you worked with that a little bit. So it's more of a practice situation. I don't, it might take on a symbolic situation, uh, like, um, like with entry over there in the tokonomo, which is a tra traditional Japanese word. I have no idea what it means. Probably entryway. <laughs> but you come in there and you, in the first thing you see are these flowers. So the idea is to actually look at uh, beauty and order at the same time. So something that is, you receive it, it doesn't necessarily have a, uh, a sidecar on it. That's it's just, here's the meaning in here. It's all spelled out what that means. So it doesn't get into any particular psychology. More? No, not at the moment. Okay. Thank you. Thank, thank you. Jesus, is there anything that arises in consciousness that isn't a name standard or symbol? Oh, yes. Haven't you seen that yet? Look closely. There, there are movements in consciousness that, that have no shape. Have no shape that are that are not uh, that don't come come out of the movement itself into something or some standard or some or, or a word. Look closely. Continue to look closely. Look between. Can you see the standards and the symbols and the and the shapes or the names arising there as you meditate? Can you see those? Can you see thoughts? To some extent. What do they look like? Concepts. What do the concepts look like? Forms. What do the forms look like? What, 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 what? You get what I'm saying? What, 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 what? Don't settle. Don't settle for anything you come up against and say that you know what that is. If you think you know what it is, there's the wall. Because it is not the knowing mind. The knowing mind is looking at objects. If they know what this is, they know what that is, they know what this is, they know, no, no. We are prisoners of our knowledge. <clears throat> so sitting meditation is about, not about getting rid of that, but it's about seeing through that, seeing the space around all that knowledge. So to answer your question, what was your question? 
Is there more than just this? Is there anything that arises in consciousness that isn't a name, standard, mm -hmm. or symbol? Yes, that which doesn't arise. It's called consciousness only. Everything else is movement. And there might be other things that have different names. Is there movement or form that isn't name, standard, or symbol? Yes. What is it? Find out. Find out what it is. Is part of our confusion seeing symbols where there aren't any? Give me an example. Um, sort of bowing, like a facial expression, we think it means something or it's pointing to how somebody's feeling or a story. Bowing. So, what do you want to know? Sort of bowing. How do we get tricked by symbols? Bowing. So when something shows up uh, and you don't know what it is, that I would say that creates fear or trepidation around it. Depends on what it is and what kind of energy is there and what kind of vibration is there. If it's really intense, rough and rugged, then it could be threatening in some way. So the sooner we can name it or project onto it or come to a conclusion about it and know what it is, the sooner we're going to feel safe or protected or the sooner we'll feel like we know what we can do with that. So it takes, uh, what, for lack of a better word, some courage to just look in the face of that dark area without filling it in with your ideas, your concepts, your beliefs, your opinions, and all the other um, paraphernalia that is available to relative truth, the relative mind, the materialistic society that wants this, doesn't want that, picking and choosing, picking and choosing. You spend your whole life, when I say spend it, you, you actually miss it. You miss your whole life by picking and choosing, selecting this over that and liking this better than that. It's not that you can't do that. Go ahead. You'll be back over and over and over again. Is that true? I don't know. That's why I said don't believe anything I'm saying. You find out for yourself. Find out what this is. This is a way. This is a spiritual path. This is a way of looking into the darkness that is in your mind and seeing what this is. Because it'll be darkness, 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 the feeling of not knowing, not knowing, not knowing. That's difficult. It's difficult to look at that without concluding something. Don't conclude. But if you do, be very aware of the conclusion. Be very aware of how you're taking what is an open dimension. And it's just too much to look into that so we conclude something. When I keep coming back to you looking for a name or a standardization, something solid that I can stand on, it, well, I don't get it. And it feels like a, a slipping at every corner curve. When I go to somebody else, it, well, and that feels, I guess I would just say acceptable or okay, or it's teaching. But when I go to somebody else and that same process happens, there's just like this outrage of, you know, why can't you give me something? And so I'm mm -hmm. wondering what, what's happening. What's the discrepancy? It could just be the chemistry between you and that other person. As you, as you I'm sure you've noticed how you're feeling about any given thing changes depending on who's sitting across from you. 
even if no, no one is saying anything. It just it just changes. Our, we're not separate from each other. It just looks like it. So you you sitting across the the across the the way or across the table from this person, totally different than sitting across from this other person. And that has to do with all the areas that rise in consciousness that are somewhat uh, aligned with or or similar to what uh, Juzan is asking about. Do things arise in consciousness that aren't one of those three all the time? Things that you cannot name, you can't describe it, you can't, you can't, but you can feel it. Some kind of feeling comes up and the attribution seems to be, we need to know where that come from, came from, what that is, who did it, how we can stop it, can we stop it, and all of that, rather than doing what? Receive it. If it shows up in your mind, I don't care what it is, whether it's coming or going, up or down, back or forth, painful or or pleasurable, just receive that. Another way of saying this is saying, enjoy yourself. Enjoy yourself no matter what. This doesn't mean be thrilled to death and have a big grin on your face all the time. I'm not talking about that kind of idealism. No, be here, be with this. Be with all things. In your mind, across the kitchen table, whatever is happening, this doesn't mean agree with it. I would say don't agree with anything. But watch the, watch it if there's disagreement coming up, or watch it if there's agreement coming up, coming up because you don't really want to be at odds with that. So you just agree, you just go along with it. <clears throat> there's a lot to be seen there in your life that unless you have a, a way of training the mind, you'll be subject to the karma that came in with this birth. Whatever you're whatever you are called or however you were trained, that's not separate from the culture that the training came out of, from your mom and your dad, and whatever happened there, that's all plays into that. So don't miss your life. And you, you can train yourself, amazingly, to be more on the receiving end of everything that's showing up by practicing receiving practicing shikantaza, sit down, hold still, receive the, the thoughts that come up in the mind or anything that comes up outside in the room you're in. Just receive it. If you can, don't add to anything. Don't interpret. Don't name. No standards. No, no, no. Just receive. Just receive. Most profound form of generosity is to give everything your attention all the time. And if you're doing that all the time, all you will see is how much you fail at it, which is not separate from succeeding at it. Because those two are not two different things. If you think you're somebody separate from, from everyone else, if you think you somehow are smarter than everyone or know everything or have more insight than anyone else, this is the very nature of confusion and the nature of warfare. To think, uh, only I can fix it. That kind of crap. That's why I'm saying to you, if what I'm saying makes sense, I will continue to talk to you and help you show up here if you can. Or ask for help, as I did earlier, but there's no fee being charged. As far as I know, are you making money on the side? <laughs> yeah, I'll give you an interview with Sokazan, that'll be 50 bucks. <laughs> You're not doing that. Look, if you can, 
if you're used to looking at your own mind and your own intentions coming and going, why this is arising in your mind, maybe a why question now and then, or what that is, what questions seem to work a little bit are, um, are sharper and more distinct, then you will be much better at seeing what other people's intentions are. You won't be fooled by other people. If you're if the self-deception in your own mind stream is being seen clearly, then pretty hard for anyone to deceive you. Because you you see, just like if somebody come someone which I uh, I've mentioned before, and I will right now, when somebody comes at you with aggression, instead of just fighting with the aggression and just seeing the leading edge of that energy as an aggression, I've got to go to war. No, you don't. <clears throat> I'm not saying you have to run out the door or get out of their way. You might have to pop them one in the nose if we're talking about an actual confrontation. But we see how incredibly intense the suffering is behind that, that they are covering up with their aggression. People who, people who are really aggressive or really opinionated or judgmental or prejudiced, or you pick the word, uh, don't even know they're afraid. Uh, because it's, because relatively it, you can succeed in covering that up until, uh, sickness and uh, aging sickness and death appears or something that is so threatening that uh, if you don't have some clarity around it, you will be fundamentally helpless in the face of that kind of fear. Shoto bowing. What's meant by the great symbol when you talk about Mahamudra bowing? Great gesture. So this is a gesture. See, which one should I use? What does that mean? Peace. Okay, then what's this one mean? Thumbs up. Thumbs up. Jen Zen. What's that one mean? Rock on. Huh? Rock on. What's this one mean? <laughs> Rock on. <laughs> You just kind of appended your own meaning to that? You have no idea what this is? No. Nor do I. <laughs> Texas Longhorns. I was, thinking, I was thinking the same thing. No, I wasn't thinking. It's Shaka in, in Hawaii. Shaka? Yeah. Shaka. Well, Shaka. Shaka. <laughs> Okay, I'm not going to talk about, yeah, I'm going to talk about all the fingers, but there's a good symbol. You know, there there are places where this means how many donuts do you want? Just one. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look at that, that kind of a symbol. <laughs> yeah, Eric, that is funny. That's okay to, <laughs> Eric blogs that. Eric with a, with a K and a B. Further questions about any of this? Any, anything that's coming up, it doesn't have to be about this particular topic. Yes, sir. How do we find the courage to continue to observe and not necessarily ping-pong yeah, concepts? Wonderful question. How do we find the, observe, uh, the courage to just observe and not ping-pong around? Is that what you're saying? I think it's just by repetition. And if you're, you're a fully ordained monk, so for you... Just return to the Buddha, the Dharma, the Sangha, 
the teacher, the teaching, and the community. Just continue to do that and return to the wall. Return to the Dharma. We have, have it set up so you can do that. So you can see me almost every day as your teacher. You can see the community every day. You live in a monastery, or pretty close to one, and you study the Dharma several days a week. Just continue to do that and continue to return to the wall. This next month of 28 days, you can, you can see why I, um, you can see that I emphasize sitting meditation, not just studying the Dharma or uh, talking to the teacher. I'm not going, going to have any interviews for 28 days. That's a first. And we're not going to have any book studies. That's another first. What are we going to do for one month? 28 days, one lunar cycle, just happens to be a lunar cycle. We're just going to, we are just going to face the wall, sit down, hold still, face the wall for about eight hours a day. You should join us for that, if you can. All you do is tune in, and how much money do they have to send? A thousand bucks? <laughs> no, there's some kind of a, of a donation things set up that you can do. Also, if you're broke, you can just come anyway. You could come and I think you can come here. Some people can if they uh, if they uh, check in with Chazan, come here, uh, physically come here to the monastery, or you could uh, join on Zoom, which people have been doing, I think, since Zoom really, we started using a lot, that a lot during COVID. And before. And before COVID, you know, we were, we were used to Zoom when COVID came along. So, well, here we are, and we've got 53 windows open. That's not 53 people, but that's a fair amount of people. And we have, I don't know how many people here, but I don't know, almost two dozen maybe, close to 20 people. So train your mind. That's the most important thing as far as seeing that and actually being brave, having some courage to just, no matter what, come back. It's the returning that does it, not the maintaining. Maintaining is taught. This is taught by other, other uh, teachers in different ways. I don't teach maintaining anything, uh, and I don't particularly teach uh, trying to be mindful or be a good meditator. Or uh, I talk about awareness, and that awareness may be a, a, about a pile of crap that just keeps insisting coming up in your mind stream over and over. That's why it's necessary to have a teacher. So the teacher can encourage you to look at it, look at it. This is your life showing up in the form of a, of a, the demons in the mind, the, the conflicting emotions about the nature of everything. I should do this. A part of me wants this, but the other part doesn't want internal warfare happening all the time. Sometimes that gets so intense that we we might need to talk to a therapist or uh, or get medication for it. I'm not saying ruling everything out. I'm not saying you'll have to just meditate and that's it. No, you might need to take some drugs. I don't know. I would say if you can avoid those, then you should avoid them. But if you can't, then just keep sitting anyway. You're bowing? Yes. Is awareness the same thing as being a, an ethical person? <clears throat> Well, there's a there's a strong, uh, I guess you call it a symbol or or, or a, um, 
a couple of ideas, ethical and person. First of all, is there a person? And uh, ethics, uh, are ethics living up to certain standards? I don't think so. If you have standards that you're living up to, I'm not saying you don't have standards that you observe to, to help give you some kind of a guideline, but to to obey that uh, means that you're you're actually looking away from what the ethics are are pointing to, and you're you're trying to make yourself into someone else, someone that is ethical. This is just highly polished form of ignorance. So, yeah, so uh, if you if you um, if you're if you're clear about what this is, if you become clear about what this is. Uh, you're, you're not going to need ethics. You'll just mind your own business. You'll be very aware of the boundaries between yourself and others in the world. And less is better in that area. It's it's necessary to do it with the awareness. No guarantees, because karma needs to come out. It doesn't need to come out as an act, as something you say or do, but it needs to come up through the mind stream so you can experience what that is. That lifetime that wants to show up here, or call it something else, Call it gingerbread. I don't care what you call it, but it's that lifetime that comes up needs to be acknowledged. It doesn't necessarily be, you don't need to embody that, even though I sometimes say be the crap you're trying to get rid of. What I'm encouraging you to do is have a willingness to have negative feelings without accepting them. Don't do it. Without rejecting them. Don't do it. Without ignoring them. Don't do it. Those are the three poisons. That is impossible to accomplish. And if you see that you're doing that and it's impossible to accomplish, that awareness begins to transcend the three poisons because it actually sees the truth. I cannot stop being aggressive. I cannot be an ethical person. If you don't understand what I'm saying, you're not the only one. People, Some people are so terrified of their minds that they just live with strong standards and ethics. And that's, uh, um, as I see it, that is a, um, uh, might have to be done. We might have to obey rules and laws like that to some extent. But on the spiritual path, it's all leading to an openness where there are no walls of the mind. There are no boundaries. There's just clarity around everything. You would never abuse your own arm, your own hand, more than likely. Uh, or your own family. But when you see that everything is your family, everything is your right arm, there isn't anything that you're separate from anywhere. You have to see this. You have to see it. And if you see it, there's no one seeing that. It's like being blind to relative truth, but not missing a thing. It's like being blind to it, but not missing it. Not to another duality. Blind, but seeing everything. Did I get close to what you were looking for, Peter? Uh, yes, but I'm still confused about uh, what was it? Uh, about awareness. To me, it seems like it's if I'm aware, as you as you say, uh, I won't do anything bad. Okay, I'll go with that. You guys, all hear that? <laughs> That's what it I'm sounds aware. like to me. Peter says. If I'm aware, as you say, I won't do anything bad. Jensen, thumbs up. Good idea. And so 
What you're saying sounds kind of simple-minded, uh, but not that you're simple-minded, but I'm saying it sounds like just a, a way to not really think about it clearly or thoroughly, and maybe a little bit, but it's, there's something to that, that you, you won't do anything to harm yourself or anyone else. You won't need a rule to stay out of somebody else's territory or stay out of their house or stay out of their, their body or mess with their body in any way. If you see what this is, respect is natural. It's just a natural respect you'd have for everyone. Just like respect for your own uh, physical form. Thank you, Valley. Yes, sir, thank you for the question. Kayun Valley. Uh, go ahead, Kayun. Can you, what is the difference between being subject to one's karma versus living out of one's karma if you if you receive your karma then you're you're able to uh, uh be aware of what's happening as something that needs to show up in your mind stream as i've said hundreds of times if not thousands anything that shows up in your mind at any time facing the wall or at the kitchen table or inside your corvette is supposed to be there it's not that you're condemned to it. It's just it's dependent origination. It's totally impersonal. The emotions that you take so personally are totally, completely, thoroughly impersonal. There, there's no personhood there in reality. But in relative truth, of course, you're there and you're dealing with that and you're having uh, problems. So to come back to your question, to be at the mercy of your karma is to try to cover it up. But then... Then it starts to show up instead of showing up in a natural way where you can relate to it. You can actually have negative feelings. You can actually, you can actually have the feeling of wanting to kill somebody of wanting someone to, you can actually experience that as an emotion because it's part of your karma. Instead of thinking, Oh, I'm having that thought, you know, Oh my gosh, what if I do that? Or, or anything you add on to it, it just comes through. You're not separate from anything. You're not separate from the Peloponnesian Wars that ha happened 2,500 years ago. Every one of us was in that in some way or another. Everyone, every one of us has fought World War I. Is that true? It doesn't matter if it's relatively true, because ultimately nothing is separate from anything else. So it's necessary to, to realize this. In this way, you can actually be the person that is showing up in your mind stream without particularly locking and loading or doubling up your fist at everything. Even though you're having negative feelings, no one, all dharmas are without blame, traditional teaching. You can't blame anybody for anything. If you do, this is why we have a insane society and court system and everything else, and people are treated so unfairly. So some people can be rich and in power, and other people can be uh, work at Amazon. Kayan Bowing. I'm also thinking about how we become symbols to others or maybe psychically take on other people's imputations about maybe a outfit we wear for our work, like a police officer or a Dharma teacher. How do we, is it the Bodhisattva path to receive that projection? Bowing. So receive it doesn't mean believing it or agreeing with it. Don't agree with anything. Don't believe anything. But don't disbelieve anything. And don't argue with anything. 
let things come up and let the situation itself uh, show you what it is. As uh, Trungpa Rinpoche, my root guru, said, and I wasn't there when he said it, but it's uh, something he actually did say, was when someone asked him, so Rinpoche, how, and I paraphrase, uh, who is your who is your teacher now? Who is your guru now? That your teachers have all gone, and he said situations are my guru. So if you're clear about who you are, you have no doubt, and it's not the kind of not the kind not the kind of clarity that you could even describe to someone else necessarily. You might come close, but if you just know you're you're no longer. Having conflicting emotions, you have emotions, but they don't, there's no conflict. You have one emotion at a time, you could say it that way. And it's looking for a self, and it can't find uh, a conglomeration of ideas and thoughts and opinions and judgments and values and hopes and fears and biases that are all balled up that is me. It's gone. And not because you got rid of it, you just saw that it was unreal. And so then it dispersed. And situationally, it may come back occasionally because of the dynamics in the situation and trigger that self-centeredness. And that self-centeredness would show up. But consciousness is no longer um, buying into that crap. The consciousness is not even buying into the reality of a physical body. It sees this is an illusion. Don't believe what I'm saying. See it yourself. You see it. You awaken. You awaken. The Buddha can't awaken for you. No one can awaken for you. You have to do it. You have to see your own Buddha nature deeply. And you can do this if you just don't give up. So what was the differentiation that you wanted me to comment on? What's the difference between the karma, uh, accepting it, or something like that? Kayan Bowing, well, er earlier you had said, uh, don't be subject to your karma. And I've also heard you use the expression, live out of your karma. Yes, I do. So, so uh, I'm saying, yeah, go ahead, please. No, 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 go ahead. So I'm just saying that uh, don't, don't get rid of it or change it or try to be somebody else, but also don't be at the mercy of it and thinking that everything that rises in your mind stream has to be acted on or has to be believed. It's just like a film strip. It's just like a, a motion picture um, cinema. It's like uh, TikTok. It's just stuff coming through your mind stream, shows up this way and that way and this way, and some of them are advertisements for this or that, and sometimes they're thoughts about what she said, what they said, how they're acting. And some people are really affected by very simple things that we're not really sure why they're getting so upset. Well, the causes and conditions that arise as your karma, my karma, or anyone's karma are untraceable. You can't find the first cause to anything. So when there's a reaction from someone that's really intense and it's puzzling to you, bear in mind that you you're not you don't know what they're dealing with. Give them the benefit of the doubt. This doesn't mean allow them to pummel you, but realize that they're they're covering up the fear with anger or paranoia or something. The fear and what has to be done eventually. And how do I know this? I don't know. Perhaps I'm incorrect all over the place. I'm not interested in correct and incorrect. If you are, circles. If you aren't, 
right here, just right here. It's just, it's just this all the time. There is no time, but that's for you to see yourself. I don't believe anything I'm saying. Kayan Bowing. Yes. When we take on the costume of like a soldier or a police officer or something like that, is there some aspect of taking on a collective karma bowing? A little bit. As in the case here, uh, um, I'm uh, an ordained monk in the Soto lineage of Japan, and we deliberately contact through chanting just about every morning uh, the whole lineage. What is there, 91? 90 or 91 names from the Buddha forward that is a, a direct uh, um, connection called uh, uh, um, Kechimyaku, blood, bloodline. Uh, all those names are written down and we recite them. And somebody could come in and say, well, this, this person, that wasn't really their name. Their name really was this. They've misunderstood the nature of lineage. Uh, the line, actual lineage is without names. We just use the names to, to be able to say something, to, to uh, connect with that, that living teaching of the Dharma that goes back to the, to the ancient uh, times when, uh, when the, first, uh, the first historical Buddha that we know of Shakyamuni Buddha. So, and I know when I was uh, when I was in the military, I noticed there was a lot of uh, if someone when you got into that, you realize you really need to pay very close attention to all the protocol there about higher ranking, how, how you treated officers, officers, and how you treated uh, if someone was above you in rank, uh, you may call them sir, uh, even though they weren't maybe an officer, maybe they were a non-commissioned officer like a gunnery sergeant or uh, someone like that, master sergeant, you might call them sir. But a lieutenant you would always call sir. And, and if you walk past them, if you were walking down a street and you needed to walk past them, you would, uh, you would salute and say, by your leave, sir. And the the officer may or may not salute, but they would say, probably say, carry on. In other words, give you permission to pass. It's just a protocol. It doesn't mean that person was smarter than you. Probably they were older than you. Is that closer to what you're looking for? Kayan Bowing, yes. When I looked at the etymology dictionary, you were right about the root. Yeah, radical. Yeah, and why would you accuse a bunch of uh, Abby Hoffman or one of these old-time radicals that are long gone? Why would you accuse them of being uh, something? I, I don't know where they got the word radical, um, uh, how it's used in the even in the news, talking about uh, the, the people who are radical or are somehow outside the law, and they may be, but that isn't uh, an appropriate word. It might be. Uh, that they're not radical enough. Ozuku. Ozuku if our community grew suddenly and got much bigger, would it be necessary to create standards and structures to control behavior more? It's not about controlling it so much as, as getting uh, strong communication. I always say CCC, communication, cooperation, collaboration. Don't start out with trying to force cooperation, like agree, obey the law, 
That, a lot of that happened in Shambhala. I didn't care for it. Not that it was wrong. Trungpa Rinpoche and his uh, coterie of people around him, his close students, did the best they could to, with what they understood to create a structure for the Sangha to function in. I was there for a long time, so I watched a lot of uh, craziness. Thought maybe there'd be a, a it would be situationally, which thought that we should have this rule or this law. So, Jason, how does it look to you? He said, "So it may." Anything in specific you're concerned about that you may be asked to cut off all your hair and be clean shaven? <coughs> no, I. I'm just curious about how groups of people can function together without without trying to control each other. It's just something I. Well, you, you've been living here for a while, and you can see as its challenges, it's difficult, especially when there's difficulty between two people. Those two people are a part of this community. So it's difficult, but we're not doing too bad. No murders yet. <laughs> yeah. Is there murder I didn't hear? None that I know. Of. So this is the yet. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it's unlikely that, but it's it's a we're it's just basic sanity. It doesn't mean that you're completely uh, free of insanity. It just means that you're you're functioning in a way that is respectful to yourself, respectful to others. Even though someone seems to be uh, way out in left field or out of line somehow, uh, we work with that situation rather than than well they can't be here because they're not nice like we are or something. So we try to include everybody as much as we can. And we need everybody's help. Everyone helps helps us to do this in, in this uh, strong, tight community. And then we have the community of people on Zoom that are that also help. They join us from sometimes different countries. Um, take one final question and then we'll close, sir. Sure, Valerie. Is it possible to still cooperate and collaborate if the communication is just difficult and negative? If it's just difficult and negative, then there's 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 going to be some cooperation. Probably not a lot. The important thing about cooperation, or excuse me, about communication is to receive, and that's why I the, I don't I don't call it a rule, but it's something you can. Reflect on is you're, if you're having difficulty with, communi with communicating with anybody, start to listen more. And I, I have a, a form for that that you can contemplate. Ninety ten, listen ninety percent of the time, talk ten. And if you if you try to do that, you'll you might not be able to do that, but it might be more like fifty fifty. Finally, you're finally listening to someone fifty percent of the time. And you could say I've had people ask, well, what? Excuse me, what if the what if the person won't communicate? Well, everybody's communicating a little bit. That communication might be not saying anything and ignoring you. That's still communication. Listen to that. Observe that. Is it a misunderstanding to communicate in order to cooperate? Uh, I don't think so. You're trying to get some particular thing to happen more in a more balanced, harmonious way, and you uh, communicate. And just look out for the aggression there. 
because some communication is, without even being in words, can be extremely aggressive. Some people have a quality of their their mind when they're with you or in a room. They don't have to say anything. They radiate it like Jason. If he feels bad and he walks into a room, suddenly everybody feels bad. You notice that? <laughs> My son, Takudo, who is now in Nepal, making everyone feel bad over there. Uh, <laughs> not true, not true. But he also, especially when he was a, a little boy, uh, if he was upset about something, he would walk in, into a room and the wallpaper would start to curl. <laughs> I know we don't have wallpaper anymore, and that's because Takudo walked through all those houses, <laughs> made all the... <laughs> and actually, he's a, he's a sweet uh, guy. I mean, he's not here, I don't think, but... He's a, you know, he, he, but his, sometimes his negativity is really intense and he, he didn't know what to do with it. So he just clamped down. I don't see him do that much these days because he's, uh, what is, what is Mason now? 85? <laughs> I don't know what he is. He's old enough to know better, whatever that may mean. Okay. I guess we can close. Thank you so much for coming. Hi, my name is Shoka. I am a monk at Sokokoji, where I am committed to training my mind under the guidance of my teacher, Sokozan. We rely on your support for our programming, including a scholarship fund to cover living and tuition costs for those who are practicing full-time at the monastery. Thank you for your generosity.